Hey, I'm excited to be with you guys and, uh, and to share with you. It's been uh, the last week of our Spirit-filled month, and it's quite exciting focusing on God and allowing His Spirit to fill us and inhabit us. And I know there's been many stories I've heard of people that have kind of had a renewed focus on God in this moment and more aware of His Spirit leading them in the ordinary, day in, day out, which I think is so incredible because we're not just here to be a club. You know, we're not just here to look after each other. And we're not even just here to look after anyone, really. The, the core element is worship. And to worship in spirit and truth means there's something about us that is supernatural. And when we begin to take a hold of that reality, and, and I, I guess dive into the mystery of that, the older I get, the, the, the more I question things, and the more I question opinions, um, and the more I find it, at the end of the day in my faith that the only thing I have left is faith in Christ alone. And so everything else gets wobbled and shaken and I get confused. But the one thing I land on is that God knows me and loves me and is with me. I have faith alone in Christ alone. And that's my my cornerstone. <laughs> it carries me through. And, and I know people of faith, that's our point, right? And um, my dad's always preached that. You know, Jesus plus nothing gospel. It's not a higher purchase gospel. You don't say yes to God and then, and then work your faith off by being a good person. We're not, you know, church is not a place where good people go. It's just a, pay, a place where people go when they realize, man, I need something more. When God has revealed himself to us and we go, man, I couldn't live without God. I couldn't, I couldn't dare live without the Holy Spirit in my life. I wouldn't dare make another decision without the love of God in my heart. It's a place. It's not really a place at all. It's a people. But we gather together because we know we need God. We know we need someone to fill our hearts. We know that that gap in our hearts won't be filled by anything else. I want to speak. I'll make sure this is on. Green means go, right? <laughs> Green means go. Oh, there we go. I'm spoken for. I want to speak. My message is entitled, I'm spoken for. Now, I want to start reading from the Bible. But before I do, I always want to welcome extra special guests. It's so good to see you, Crystal. Um, we love Crystal, all the way from Annisbrook. And she's an incredible, she's fierce. If you've seen her worship lead, she, like, she is a fierce worship leader. It's pretty awesome, and she just brings the praise, and um, yeah, love, love being around when you're leading. I love being led in worship by you, Crystal. Um, you just take us to new places. It's really cool. Um, so pretty amazing. Dream team right there. Power couple. Um, what's your celebrity name? Bistol. Crin. Crin. That's great. They're both pretty bad, but... We'll get there. We'll work on it. We'll do, we'll, do a, we'll do a team meeting later. We'll come up with some solutions. So if you guys want to put in your Connect card, any good solutions for Ben and Crystal's celebrity name, just <laughs> fill that in and just say, here's a, and we'll just post that to them and um, we'll come up with a real great solution. And um, God's name will be lifted up. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, do you know what? I just can't get over the fact that I got something stuck in my teeth and I, just can't, I can't get it out. I can't get it out. Can you see it? Oh, it's making me feel self-conscious. Um, I want to read from Romans 
Uh, yeah, I wanted to say a special welcome to those who are new or their friends brought you or you're new to faith or you're kind of like on the edge of a faith. And well, we all have faith in something, but you're kind of considering Jesus. I have a lot of time for people that are considering Jesus. I have a lot of time for people that are questioning life. I have a lot of space for people that are going, I'm not sure. And I'm just saying, so if you're here and that is what you are doing, I got to say, come for, a, come for like a bunch of weeks so you can figure out if this is a place that you can grow in your faith and seek and search your faith. Had, um, one of our bapteezers, baptozers, what's someone who's been baptized called? No, that's not it. A baptozer. And um, Emma, Emma's here to pick on you for a second. Eh? Um, just uh, Emma posted something on Facebook. It's just incredible. And I just thought my heart was just filled with the Holy Spirit as you posted that. And I thought, man, here's someone that has just fell in love with God. And it's really beautiful. And it's not something, it's not something the church does. We don't make that happen. We just open the door for it. We set the table for it. But we believe that God will do it. So as you're here, if you're interested and you're considering, we're here to set the table. We sing songs. We use music as a tool to worship God. Um, we use connection so that you know, love can happen between us. And, and we speak the word out. We're going to pull it out. And that the hope is that the Holy Spirit has got something for you. As we read the written word, he begins to light words on fire. And the spirit word comes out. And so if, you are, if you're here and you're checking it out, I just want to say welcome and um, love you to bits and wait and see what God will do if you say yes to you know who. I just had to rhyme. I just, it was helpful. Uh, Romans 8, I actually want to start verses 22. It says 26. Yeah, I'm going to start in 22 and then you can read from 26. So um, verses 22 of Romans 8, which is in the New Testament. We know, Paul is writing, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves have the first fruits of the Spirit, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But this hope, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, aha, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Man, anyone being there, you just kind of like, I can't, it just won't, I, uh, no words. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes uh, for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That verse is one of my all-time favorite verses. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Key element there. God works for the good of those who hate him. <laughs> Indifferent about him. No, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I, I, don't, I don't know your life fully, but I do know mine a little bit. <laughs> 
could a little bit inside of my own life. And um, I find that life can often be chaotic and confusing. And, and, you know, the Holy Spirit being our compass, you know, the, the Word, the Bible, I don't know if I want to call it the roadmap, but we have these kind of anchors to our faith, you know, that we're thankful for. But even in the middle of that, I even find, even if you take away people that, you know, even if you just talk into the Christian world, how confusing is the church? Like, how confusing is Christian, are Christians? And how we treat each other and what we believe and all these different things that we believe that we claim are very important and we disagree with one another about. I don't know about you, but as someone who, who likes to consider and think, um, and I like to think um, as I do, I don't like doing stuff just for the sake of doing it. I like to consider, and I, and I think there are some people here that are the same. I find I get lost in this dynamic of theology or this dynamic of church life or this dynamic of life. It's chaotic. It's confusing. You know, and you'll say to a friend, okay, here's what I'm going through, and they'll go, oh, what you need to do. Anyone got friends like that? What you need to do, oh, you just got to pray. Oh, what you need to do, oh, you just got to rest. Oh, what you got to do, oh, you got to contend. You got to fight for that. Oh, what you got to do is you got to... And of course... You know, everyone you'll talk to is both right and wrong, helpful and unhelpful. So we find ourselves, if you're like me and you truly want to, I don't want to just do what works. I want to do what God's calling me to do. And you begin to ask yourself questions on what is success? What is health? What is happiness? I actually think we confuse easiness with happiness constantly. And that message is for next week. But I think we confuse happiness and easiness all the time. And I think it's because the world claims that. That's one of the biggest lies. If it's easy, it's going to make you happy. Even in church, I want it to be safe. I want to be comfortable. I want to be sorted. And it's interesting because when I read the Word, I see go into all the nations and make disciples. There's something in us that, that steps into the very uncomfortable reality that we're not here to be our needs met, but we're here to reach out for others. It's one of the first things, I don't know if you guys noticed it as, as recent baptizees, but it's one of the first things that changed for me is the realization that I no longer live for myself now. That when God, knowing that God fully takes care of me and he's fully got my back and all, you know, all those things, he has formed me because I have chosen to surrender to him and have faith in him. Now I look out and say, God, how can I love someone? How can I be uncomfortable so that they're comfortable? But, uh, but of course, I'm talking into next week's message, so we'll move on. Anyone had this, could these movies do these, always these movie moments, right? The, the rom-coms is the technical term. And in these rom-coms, the girl's at the bar drinking a girly drink. That's what you do with girly drinks. You swish them. I don't actually know. Like a, a, some kind of red or pink drink, right, with the little crystals around the side. Not that I've ever had one of those. But she's drinking a drink, and, and a, a dude, you know, the dude's talking to his mates. Oh, go talk, go talk to him. Yeah, yeah. That's what they sound like, apparently. And then, and then the dude kind of plucks up the courage to, you know, come alongside this, this girl and... <clears throat> 
Do you come here often? You can tell I just have never really done this. Yes. <laughs> How do you look cool? I just had that thought. I just... It's all about pelvic thrusting. No, <laughs> I don't have a low enough voice. Do you come? Now I just sound like Batman. Do you come here often? Some kind of creep. Yes. All right. That's why Batman's single. He's, his pickup lines don't work very well. Come to back. Come back to my lair. Ah, this is not going to work. Okay. So this is this is the guys coming up. And, and do you come here often? And she like, ooh. <laughs> she flutters her eyelashes and blushes slightly and. <laughs> And then, what you don't see in the camera frame up until this point is the boy next to her. Dun, dun, dun. Suspense is building. I know you can feel it. It's in the air. Wow. And then he kind of turns and he's real big, like Ben. Okay, just imagine Ben. And, and he's like, says something like, oh, she's, she's taken or she's spoken for. And the guy like backs off because he's realized that his efforts to mate have been cut short. Um, this documentary, the animal channel, I don't know, it's been turned off. And uh, he will find a suitable person somewhere else. Well, we all know that's what happens in these movies. I say all of this because... If I could use that analogy, when life comes up and tries to get up all in your business and, and tries to tell you, you know, this, we're going to do this, we're going to be a part of this, this is our relationship. When life wants to kind of claim this relationship, this is life. I don't know. I just feel like life is a, just a bit camp, you know. Um, and so life comes up and tries to get this relationship going again. God steps in and he goes, no, sorry, they're taken. And I think many times we think, oh, I've got to engage with the enemy. I've got to engage with, you know, the the shame that's reminding itself that it's still there. I've got to engage with the past. I've got to engage with whatever accusations that come against me. I have to engage with... But God, no, 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 no. You don't even have to talk. I'm going to speak for you. I'm going to justify you. I'm going to speak on your behalf. You don't have to justify yourself when the enemy wants to throw accusations around. You don't have to claim, oh, man, oh, but... You know that many times when we feel these thoughts of, oh, you're no different, or you sense these thoughts of, oh, when we make mistakes and, and, and maybe want to, whatever it is, maybe a, a fallen human nature, maybe the enemy, I don't know, we like to claim things, but whatever it is causing us to feel, oh, maybe I'm not really saved, and maybe I'm not really, maybe, oh. And we, have to, we feel like we have to engage, justify ourselves. Oh, but, I, you know, I go to church, oh, I pray, I'm different now. We don't have to say anything. The Spirit of God comes in and says, no, I'm going to speak on your behalf. I'm going to speak on your behalf. I've got you. This is our relationship now. Whatever relationship happened before doesn't exist. It's like the ex may try to come back and no, 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 no. We're in a new relationship. You've got to go over there. You're not a part of this. I love this verse that, that um, was earlier. I love this. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us. 
speaks on our behalf. As you read on to the end of Romans verse 8, it says, Jesus intercedes for us, speaks for us, prays for us. Not only is the Holy Spirit wanting to speak to your heart, He wants to speak for your heart. Not only does the Holy Spirit want to change you and grow you, He wants to speak on behalf of you. Not only is He here to remind you who you are, He's here to remind everyone else as well. So when you walk in the room, the Spirit goes before. When you move into scenarios that could feel tempting or pressuring, what are that, the earlier verse, the, the groans of childbirth, the pain, the groan of frustration. Ever felt like you're in a groan of frustration? Oh, this could be more, this could, this, they could be healed, this could get better, the groan. The Bible says that's what we're in right now. Till Jesus returns, we're in this groan. And in the middle of that groan, when things get difficult, we've got to be reminded that the Spirit speaks on our behalf. He intercedes for you. What does that mean? It means you're not having to like, it's not like you versus God. It's not like just you having to be a good Christian or you having to, and I know many times we've heard this, you know, we, we're a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come. We're children of God and still find ourselves pleading with God, feeling alone, feeling isolated, feeling like we have to work for his salvation maybe. It's all lies, but we sometimes feel that, get caught into the emotional upheaval of life. We get caught into the groan of frustration, which we live in. And then we go, oh man, I'm just, I'm separate. You know, maybe disappointment. I'm disappointed. I'm hurt. I'm offended. I'm in pain. In that moment, to remember, God speaks a better word. He speaks on behalf of me. And I want to unpack that a little bit. Ooh. God knows our hearts. Romans 8.27, as we read before, and he searches, he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. I think sometimes the challenge is in the flux of life, in the bendiness of life, in the craziness or the chaotic nature of life, in the up-pity-downity nature of life, Sometimes we get caught on misjudging our heart. I think very often other people misjudge our heart. The Bible is really clear on what faith in Christ gives us, a new heart. So that when our old heart wants to remind us that you're just nothing but this, the Spirit steps in and goes, no, I'm going to speak on your behalf for a second. You've actually got a new heart. You may not feel like you have a new heart. You may not have acted like you've had a new heart. That word may not have come from a place of a new heart. But I want to remind you what happened when you had faith in me. And in that moment, I gave you a new heart. The old heart is gone. The heart of stone has been replaced with a heart of flesh. We don't have a new heart because we somehow are, I don't know, like performed our way into it. Oh, I'm good enough. I'm great. Like I have a, people could see, I'm, look, I'm a good Christian. Look how much I pray. Look how great. Look at all these different things that I do or choose not to do. No, no, no. The new heart is given to us by God as a gift in faith in Christ. When we begin to add to faith in Christ, 
we begin to say that the cross wasn't enough. And we miss the reality that faith in Christ means I couldn't deserve it. I, I didn't somehow measure up. I didn't somehow reach the mark. No, he gave it as a gift. It took his life. And I now live in the free gift of salvation. And I think many times, because we're looking at people and we don't really know where along the journey they are, so we like to go, oh man, have they really? Have they really? Have they really? And God's like, you know what? It's none of your business. I gave them a new heart too. And um, yes, things that are inside come out. Did you know what I mean, right? So if you have internal change, it will come out to external change. But it doesn't happen like this. It's a process. Ezekiel 36, 26 to 28. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove you from you, your heart of stone, and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. I love that. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and, and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. I went running the other day and I just, I get really clear-headed when I run. I just, it's really helpful for me. And um, when I don't make it a priority, my, my, my um, emotional, mental health kind of spirals. When I make it a priority, um, it just clears my head. I can hear from God clearer in my heart. And at this moment of, as I was running, thinking actually not, for me it wasn't just Holy Spirit, would you just kind of come here now? No, it's you're actually in me. That's what you promised. So would you rise up in me? You're in me. Would you rise up in me? Not, not just would you rest on us, but would you rise up in us? Would you rise up in us? Would you continue your new work in us? We are not slaves of God. We are not servants of God. We are sons and daughters of God. There is a difference. When the prodigal son came back, he was like, well, if I could just be in the, the family business. I don't deserve to be a son from what I did. And he was right. He doesn't deserve to be taken back. It was but the grace and the mercy of the, the father to run out to meet him and say, no, 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 you're not going to, no, no. He didn't even let the son finish. Hey, I'm no longer with, he just said, get, get this man a robe, get this man a ring. He is a new creation. He is my son. He was lost. He was dead. Now he's alive. Now he's found. That's what happens when we put faith in Christ. What is faith in Christ? It's just believing Jesus is Christ. He's the Lord. He's God. I think we try to make it so like, have you seen the, we try to like give, man, being faith in God means that you uh, believe the whole Bible or that you pray in tongues or that you maybe don't pray in tongues or that you get baptized or maybe that you get baptized when you're an infant. Or we, we, we clutter these things with faith in Christ. Just faith in Christ. You just go, I want to follow Jesus. And then he begins to speak to you and you begin to move in these things. The Spirit moves you to follow His decrees. The Spirit moves you to take careful, uh, to, be, to be wise. The Spirit moves in us because we said, I, I believe. Sometimes we're sons and daughters acting like servants and slaves. So God's like, I've given you the ring of authority, the signet ring, and I've given you the new robe. You smelt, you were gross, we cleaned you up, we gave you everything you needed to be, not just... Like, this wasn't just, oh, you're my son and you've got a room. No, you are a part of the business. 
you're going to make decisions. You're going to lead this business. You come back into the fold. When we say yes to God, we're not just taken care of. We become a part of what he's doing. He empowers us. He infills us with his spirit, and he empowers us to do great things. In Christ, we have a new heart. The old is gone, the new has come. And I know if you're like me, you go, it doesn't always feel like it. The old comes knocking. When this happens to me, I've got to remind myself the Spirit speaks on my behalf. I don't need to play games with the devil. I don't need to dance with the devil. <laughs> I'm too busy dancing with God. You know, like, I don't need to have this conversation. My Father will take care of that. And I think in a culture where we can be really quick to justify ourselves, I teach a lot of music. I, I spend time in a church. I don't know if you do as well. I spend time with people that call themselves Christians and we journey together. And do you know what I've noticed about people and, um, and they've noticed about me is that we tend to justify ourselves. Oh, but you don't realize that. It's, I, wanna, I just want to make myself clear. This is it. And there's a moment, and, and I, I don't really want to unpack that. I'm sure there's more to it, but I do want to say there's a moment where we can just say, God has justified me. I don't need to justify myself. So when God looks at us, he doesn't see a dead heart. He sees one beating with life. The Spirit does that. Like the Father said, my son was dead. He is now alive. You could be like, I just feel dead. Yeah, okay. Wait, let's, let's journey that out together. But you are a new creation. Faith in Christ. And that's, I think that's the tension of the Word of God is... Sometimes we go, oh, well, I don't feel like it, therefore I'm just going to cross that bit out of the Bible. <laughs> it's a, huh? it's a, I don't really understand that. I, I was going to say, I haven't met someone who fully understands the Bible, and the ones that come close make me a little bit nervous. Because, <laughs> like, really? <laughs> God is so beyond my understanding. I'm in, I'm in a season right now where I feel pulled into the mystery of God, and it really feels like I've got no walls around me. It freaks me out a bit. I'm beginning to question a lot of things that I once really believed in, and I feel quite like I was feeling for a wall and I can't find one. But in the midst of that, I know where I'm standing, and that's in faith in Christ. Are we okay with mystery? Are we okay with the uncomfortable feeling of mystery? Well, I, I mean, I'm not okay with it, but God's leading me there. And I think I'm okay with being with Him. I don't know what I was going to say. This, this is just an interesting thought. Um, God works for our good. Romans 8.28, For we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I think the, 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 kind of the, the turning phrase there is those who love him. So if you want to love God, he is working for your good. When we say, God, I want to be in your family, then his reach extends to us. His gracious reach, his powerful reach, his merciful reach. If we reject his reach, we're outside of his reach. It's just like, it's pretty simple. And I, I don't really understand the grace of God or the presence of God. And I'm sure uh, from what I read in his word and what I know in my heart, God works to see all humans find hope in him. But when you say I'm choosing relationship with God, I, this is how it works. Well, this is what I, what, I, what I think potentially. One John says this. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us 
and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Whenever I can't love someone, which is fairly regularly, whenever the, the, the groan of frustration uh, echoes around the cavern of my brain holder, <laughs> which happens a lot, <laughs> and I begin to wrestle with the reality that's different from the hope I have in God, which is constantly, I don't know about you, but I'm just, I'm either escaping into Netflix, which is fun for a bit, um, or, or I'm wrestling with the tension of what is and what God promises. And I think many times with love, we start with, oh, we should love God, or we should love our neighbor. We should be nice. I'm like, I don't, I don't have the ability. I don't have the ability. What I want to know first is who loves me. If you're like me, my core, my core, um, <laughs> my core need that I need, that I need met, <laughs> is that, is lovability. The core question on my identity is, am I loved? That's what I need answered before anything can happen. I need to know that before I could get things wrong, God loved me. Even when I get things wrong, God loved me. And even if I don't respond, he still loves me. Even if he's sad where I end up, he loves me. My daughter sometimes says to me, you don't love me. And I go, that's not your choice. It's not your decision. It's my decision. And I, I love you. I might not always act like it. It might not always come out. <gasps> Parenting. <laughs> we were up from 4.30 this morning. Um, yay! <laughs> And up a couple of times before that, it's just, you know, I didn't feel the love, but I have chosen to love. So when she goes, you don't love me, we say, God, you don't love me. That's not actually your choice, darling. I chose that. I'm choosing that. I'm consistent. I'm pretty consistent. It's not your choice. You get to receive it. You get to live in the benefit of it or not. But you don't get to decide whether I love you or not. It's not your choice to make. And so here's, here's how I, I kind of see it. God says, I love you, and I've loved you from the beginning, and I'll always love you, not because of any good works that you've done or any good works you may do, and in spite of any and all wickedness that is in your heart, I love you. Man, what a powerful love. I think it's more powerful when you realize how much you don't deserve it. Love, undeserved love feels way more powerful. That's just my two cents on it. I just, the times I've felt God so heavily in my life is the times that I've probably been in my worst condition. Interesting, eh? Moving right along. So God puts this out. That's the first precedent of God, the lover. And in faith and by our own free will, we say, I love you too. You love me. Who doesn't want to love someone that loves them? I love you too. And in that moment, the moment God has desired from the beginning, we now receive all that he is. His promise that because we choose relationship, God works all things around for good. And so, this verse has great power, not because of the written word, but because the Spirit's promise to us. That because I'm in a relationship with Jesus, He is working everything around for my good. So if it looks like things are getting worse, if it looks like, and, and, and many times it's like, what's worse than, than being in the middle of something that feels like, oh, it's getting worse, but it could get better, is when it just gets worse and it stops. You know, anyone had those moments? Like, I'm now disappointed because this is not going to get better now. It's done. You know, dealt with loss. Lost a relationship. 
this is like, I hope for it, but now it just feels like it's done. But I know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. There's something, and I'm speaking to those that want to have faith and those that do have faith in the room right now. There's something about this journey that goes, you know what, I don't feel it. It doesn't seem like my reality. It hasn't been my time up till now, but I'm believing it now. Because if God says it, I'm going to believe it. It's who he is. It's his nature. I'm not going to blindly believe it, but I'm going to wrestle with it. Have you ever contended with the Spirit? Contended? Wrestle. God would rather a swear word thrown in his direction than a turn back. Not only does he work for our good, but he speaks for us. Now, I think I, I, I realized as I was kind of um, reading through and, and meditating on this, I'm um, like, this could be really negative. Stop speaking for me. You know, like, if, if anyone else was speaking on my behalf, I'm not sure I would be happy with that. You know, like, what did they say? You know, like, so when, you know, when this happens, it happens in marriage. It actually happens with, if you've ever had a parent. <laughs> what? Then they speak on your behalf. And sometimes even just randoms. Oh, well, they think that we, what the, I did not say that. Let's speak on my, you get out of here. I'll speak on my own behalf, you know, like. And really, it's an issue of trust, isn't it? I I potentially think that trust, if faith is a moment decision, trust is faith stretched out. So if faith is like, right now I have faith. I declare it, I believe in my heart, I declare it. I have faith in God, I have faith in Jesus. Trust is stretching that out which means moment after 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 moment. It's a development thing. It's a journey thing. It's, it's, it, it, it's not just an even line. It's squiggles. Have you ever been in a relationship with God before? Have you existed on earth before? Have you noticed that life just doesn't go in a straight line? Any planners in the room? And I never thought I was, but I am a planner, and I do not like plans changing and I, I empathize with my daughter who is just like this. And I cannot handle that life does this to me constantly. What? I just, for, the no, for I know the plans I have for me, says Elijah. It's just, are you listening, God? You know, like, <laughs> I've already told you. Can we sort this out? Then I remember he just, the plans that he has for me. Which means I have to give up my plans and keep reworking them with him. Because I'm not actually going to, like, I'm a strategizer. I'm not going to do nothing. But we'll, we'll, we'll contend with each other. We'll wrestle with it, right? You wrestle with it. God doesn't want you just to sit there limp. He gave you the signet ring. Make some decisions. Do some authority things. I don't know. Go out and like love someone. Like, what a, like bring the mercy of God into a dumb place. Go bring the peace of God into a reckless environment. That's what the authority we have as Christians. It's exciting. I started walking really weird like Ace Ventura. This, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Joy, can you come play some keys? I remember when I was in Hanmer Springs and I was six years old and um, I got myself a bully. And uh, we both played in the sandpit and um, he was a bit older than me. I think I, think I had, well... I know I had mocked him about something, so I think I, I had it coming. And I don't want to tell you what I'd mocked him about because I think it was, uh, I was, yeah, I'll get in trouble if I said that now. But um, 
I said something and he said, I'm going to beat you up after school. <laughs> I know, it sounds like a, a movie. Like, but he said, I'm going to beat you up. We're in, like, lunch, I'm going to beat you up after school. Meet me in the sandpit. Who does that? Who wants to? But Hanman, there's like 20 of us. So there's no way you could make a quick run for it. And my house is right next to the school. He'd see me go to my house. So um, anyway, unbeknownst to me, fancy word, yes, very smart. Uh, <laughs> just came out. Unbeknownst to me, my brother was watching this um, dynamic. And then when I went to meet him, I don't know what I was thinking. I think I was just intimidated. Like, well, yes, okay. And um, when I met, went to meet him, um, my brother actually had come up behind me. And um, this boy was, you know, looking like steam coming out of his ears and whatever, just looking like he's ready to punch me. And my brother kind of came up and you could see this boy look at me and then look up. My brother said, don't touch my brother. Don't touch my brother. Later he says that only I'm, a, only I'm allowed to beat you up. You know, but, um, but it's one of those moments. I didn't get a lot of moments with my brother where, he, uh, where we had that kind of kind relationship. Um, from both sides, yeah, let's be honest, for our relationship. We're both quite aggressive people and just kind of, and and so this moment, and I didn't know he'd walked up behind me, and I feel like that's, like with us with God, we've got to face our enemies, but God's actually there. He speaks on our behalf. He speaks to the accuser. He speaks to whatever is pressing up against you. And in the groan of frustration that we live in, that will happen and has happened. And may you may be in the middle of your own one of those right now. I want to say to you, God speaks for you. He doesn't just speak to you. He speaks for you. He doesn't just speak to your heart. He doesn't want to just live with you. He actually speaks on your behalf. And He tells shame to go away. And He tells sin to go to hell. He says, you know, He tells fear, go away. You don't, this is not, you don't understand. This is because we're in a relationship with God. And I know many times when we go, I don't know, like I don't like people speaking for me. I get it. I don't like people that I don't trust fully speaking on my behalf because I don't trust that they are going to say, what is my heart? But God is perfect. He speaks a better word. He speaks from truth. The Holy Spirit, another name for the Holy Spirit, Spirit of Truth. Romans 8, I just want to continue it on to 31 to 34. It says this, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Do you know who beats up a song more than anyone as we do it to ourselves? You know, we do it to ourselves. I, I definitely do. I'm probably my, be my worst enemy. You know, we like to claim Satan does a whole lot of stuff. I think it's just us. I, and I get the tension. The tension is what has actually happened and what God's promised. So we go, but, and that's what happens, right? But you don't know. I actually did that. I actually thought that. I actually said that. And God says, no, that's not, 
This is the point. You throw that at the cross. And then you go as a Christian, does that mean I have to do perfect things from now on? No. The Spirit is at work in us. We walk by the Spirit. Why do we keep condemning ourselves when God doesn't condemn us? He's for us. doesn't mean He accepts everything we do. It doesn't mean He accepts everything we're doing right now. God can be for you without being for everything you think. And if you're like any human, we're all kind of wrong. <laughs> we put pieces of the picture. I find that quite freeing, to be honest. Oh, phew, no one's more right than anyone. I'm not more right than you. We don't have more value than other people. We're just on this journey. Seems chaotic. Seems confusing. We have God. He's leading us. He's taking us by the hand. He's speaking on our behalf. So here's what I want to do. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with Him. Because this whole message hinges on having a relationship with Jesus. Like it's not just like God works for anyone. Like He works, He wants to work for everyone, but He won't dishonor you by working for you when you don't want it. God loves anyone, but if we reject His love, we don't get the benefit of His love. The new heart, God working for our good, His Spirit speaking on behalf of us, that happens because we walk in relationship with Him. So if you want to make that call right now in your heart, we want to give you a tool to help you do it. We know that it's a heart call. We're just going to give you a tool. So we're with a prayer up there. We have a couple of people at the back that just live to give you a connect card and, and, a, and a new Christian pack. And you could say, oh, no, thanks. I already got a Bible. Or no, I'll take it. Or thank you. Our team are really intuitive. They won't wrestle you to the ground. They'll just leave you. And maybe you did have a relationship with God, but you're feeling convicted. What does convicted mean? My heart feels like I just need to respond. I just say, do it. Why not? Why would you... I just, every time I need to respond, I want to respond to God, you know? God, if that's humbling me, I'll do it. Whatever. You're, you're awesome. And then I want to pray something over us. Actually, I'll pray that now. Let's pray this. You can look at me. It's great. But I just got this prayer I wrote out, and I love to pray it over us. God, we believe that you know us more than we know ourselves, so we trust your process with us. God, we believe that you are working all things for our good, so we praise you in the middle of our journey. God, we believe that you speak on our behalf in the Spirit, so we trust your Word. And God, if we haven't invited you into our hearts, we believe in Christ alone today. We are alive in your Spirit. And if we have, we realign ourselves to your truth. In humility, we just realign it. We just say your way, your will. So right now, we are just going to have a moment. Why don't you close your eyes? And, and if this is you, and with every eye closed, just across the room, this is just really a space for you um, to say, yeah, I want to respond to Jesus. I feel distant, or maybe I've never said yes to Him before. Um, we would love to create an opportunity to say, yeah. Say yes to God. We want to make an event of it, you know? We think it's a big deal. It's quite exciting. So if that's you, maybe you feel dead and you want to be alive in Christ. Maybe you sense a hole in you, a space in you, and you want it to be filled. Maybe I'm talking about having a new heart. I'm talking about God working for your good. I'm talking about the Spirit speaking on your behalf. And you're like, I don't know what that's like. You can. 
It's not out of arm's reach. It's what Jesus did for us. He stretched out his arms on the cross so that what was once out of our reach could be in our hearts. So if that's you, would you just raise your hand? Say, yeah, would you pray for me, Elijah? And we'll just pray a prayer together. So let me give you a little bit of time. Nothing to lose and everything to gain. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand and say, yeah, Elijah, pray for me. I want to be a new creation.